This is Bank Sense, the podcast that makes sense of all things banking. If there's something you don't understand about banking or finances, you're not alone. Our industry experts are bringing you informative and enjoyable conversations to break down bank jargon and dive into hot button financial topics. And now, BOS, a community bank located across Illinois and Missouri, presents Bank Sense. Here's your host, Gregory Morantz. Hello, and welcome back to Bank Sense, the podcast that makes sense of all things banking. I'm your host, Greg Morant, Senior Vice President of Credit and Risk Management here at Bank of Springfield. And on today's podcast, I'm excited to bring on our Vice President of Advanced Markets, Greg Pettis. Today's going to be the start of a three-part journey with Greg, right. um, starting off with our financial planning in your 20s. So first off, Greg, I want to welcome you uh, to you. Bank Sense. Appreciate it, Greg. Great to be here with so, you. So we're excited to have you on. But before we really dig into the meat of the podcast, sure. I'd like you to give uh, our listeners a little bit of a background about yourself, uh, how long you've been to the bank, but also how long you've been... Um, doing financial planning. I'm pleased to be here in my second year. And uh, for 38 years in the, in the business, I've been helping clients with holistic financial planning. And what I mean by that is comprehensive. We take what the attorney has been saying, what the CPA is advising, what their investment people have been doing, and we tie it all together in a blueprint. So often we hear from people, Greg, that have a lot of people in, in place for their team. They have a lot of puzzle pieces there but they've never really put it together in one objective overview. So we do fee-based financial planning as a CFP, so a certified financial planner. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I'm excited to get into it. And this first episode is really going to focus on, you know, the beginning of your career, the beginning of your life outside right. of high school or right. college. 20-somethings. Yeah, focusing uh, the, the 20-somethings and, you know, figuring out the rest of your life because that's a pretty easy thing to do, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. So, I wish I could go back into my 20s. Yeah, right. And, and I think we all can learn from past mistakes exactly. or, or past lessons. And, exactly. and hopefully we can pass that on to our, to our listeners here um, and teach them a little bit something about financial planning and and how to get started. And, and I think sure. the big thing that we really want to impress on people is that it's never too late to start planning. That's correct. You just need to start planning. And Greg, a lot of the things we'll touch on for the 20s, it overlaps into the, you know, the whole lifespan, mm-hmm. those crucial elements that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So yeah. I know the, the first topic we really want to dive into is, you know, financial matters when it comes to if you're in a relationship and how yeah. you're going to plan for the future of that. And a lot of these items are going to apply to people as well if they're not in a relationship. Yes, that's for, that's for sure. You know, the theme here is the earlier you can start to just talk about various elements of a financial plan, the better. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you're in a relationship or not, the key is that you've complete disclosure to whoever that is working with you about debt, credit scores, ask for help to get those raised and help. And, and, and help will, be, will, will come. And also, the earlier you can start investing, there's a study that was put out recently of a, 20, a 20-year-old who put 5000 a year into a Roth for 10 years. And if it received a 10% rate of return, that turned into $1.68 million wow. when they were 60. So just 10 years of investing. Now, the older brother waited till he was 30 and he put the same 5000 into his IRA for 10 years and had a million less wow. when he was 60. So, I mean, even if it's a Roth, and that's really a key, uh, the Roth, if you have any earned income, even below your 20 years age, any child can have a Roth. It can put 100% of their W-2 income into a, a Roth if they earn that. Yeah, and it's so incredibly important to start early. Yeah. We've had on some of our other podcasts to 
you know, minor savings accounts and whatnot. Yeah. Start kids young, teach them how to save, yeah. teach them how to budget, and it's going to go a long way for them in the future. Sure enough. Um, you know, I kind of want to dig into a little bit more about, you know, that first topic of when you're you're having those discussions with your significant other uh, or your partner. Yeah. Um, what other tips would you say is a good starting point in those discussions to really make sure you're addressing? I think uh, we should bring all the assets and liabilities to the table. And I call this an own and O list. Okay. And not just who owns something, but how it's owned. You know, just for example, if someone said to me, well, Greg, I have this asset in joint ownership. Well, that could be three, maybe four different kinds of assets of, of joint ownership. Joint tenants with rights or survivorship, completely different um, at the passing of the tenant than it would be the tenants in entirety or tenants in common. Sure. Yeah. So having that list and making sure you understand that ownership is very key when a financial plan is looked at down the road. And I think also distinguishing between one's needs, wants, mm -hmm. and wishes. Yeah. In our plans that we generate, we actually divide those out. And we give them scores from one to 10. 10 is an absolute necessity you cannot live without, you know, like money for the budget. Yep. When we, can, we rank those from needs at 10, into the wants in the six, six and sevens and down to the wishes, you know, the bucket list. Mm -hmm. They get they get scored one or two or three. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that for needs versus wants. That's been a resounding theme in a lot of our podcasts that we've talked about when you're planning. You really need to align, you know, what are those true needs and what are those true wants? And, and, and they change over time, don't they? Yeah, they change. Yep. Someone's wants could become a need. Someone's wants could become a wish. They can move up and down the scale. And so it's so important that we don't just plop a financial plan down on the desk and say, here, here's the plan, mm -hmm. but that we really introduce it as a process. Yeah. This is a planning process that we'll review regularly. Yeah. And I think that's important to, to do is to make sure you're writing that plan down, whether it's yeah. you're doing yeah. that with another person or if you're even doing it individually to have that plan and have your goal set out. That will take you a long way into being more financially sound as an individual or as a, sure. as a team. For sure. So. You have this financial plan aligned, and then what is a, what is a good next step for somebody who's just in their 20s, who's starting to build a, somewhat of an asset base of mm -hmm. savings accounts or retirement accounts and whatnot? What would be a good next step for them just planning for the future? In my experience, less than, well, a third of Americans have a will, mm. just a basic financial cornerstone document. Wills, trusts, powers of attorney, both for health care and financial. Yeah and living wills and so forth to take that and healthcare directives. If you want to go even deeper on what I want done, if I'm incapacitated. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, especially if you're in their twenties and you have minor children, you've got to go to an attorney, get that will drafted, have guardians listed for your minor children, have custodians for the money for your minor children, since they can't inherit the money till they're 18 in mm -hmm. Illinois. Yeah. And even if you're not in a relationship, if you're single in Illinois, and you pass without a will, it's called intestacy succession. Okay. You, your estate will go through intestacy. And without any will, half of your assets will go up to the parents and half to your siblings. Okay. If you're single. Mm -hmm. Is that what the wow. person really wants? Yeah. I mean. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. I know that's a topic. All those topics, wills, power of attorneys. It's not necessarily a particularly fun no. discussion to have with no. your significant other yeah. or even for yourself yeah. if you're a single individual. It's about worst case scenarios. Yep. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. But it has to be done because without it, your plan is so incomplete. It's open to all kinds of risks. Mm -hmm. 
And if you have one that's more than five years old, it should be reviewed. Sure. There's been so many changes, both in our lives and as we progress down the journey of life, but also in the, in the law, mm-hmm. there's changes going on. Yeah. So many of these conversations that you have around financial planning and just finances in general can be difficult conversations. Yeah. And that's one tip we really want to give our listeners is don't be afraid to ask the question and get out there and just try to do a little bit of your own research. Yeah. But don't be afraid to talk about this topic because it is exactly. incredibly important for yourself in the present, but also for yourself in the future. Exactly. As well. And Greg, I often get asked, so can I just pull a will or a trust down off of the Internet and do it myself? And I like to answer with the analogy, you know what? I'm often, well, in the kitchen and I try my best to cook and do it myself. Mm-hmm. And if it's a snack, I pop it in the microwave, no problem. And I can probably do two or three meals that are halfway decent. Sure. But when we're talking about your future and those who depend on you and mm-hmm. possibly hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars down the road, yeah. you don't want to do it yourself. Sure. You want to get a chef in the kitchen who mm-hmm. knows what they're doing. You might have two or three cookbooks that you that you you have professionals come in and cater. Sure. So is yes, you can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Would I recommend it? No. Yeah, I would not. It's a good temp- temporary fix, but definitely not on the permanent basis. You want to go to an expert. To exactly. Really make sure if that- I miss one paragraph, you know, and it, and, it, and it affects the well-being of my children, it wasn't worth the savings that I found, you know, online. Well, so you have, you know, all these items in your financial plan. You know, starting to figure them out and starting to understand them. Um, the next topic I really want to dive into is the topic we've addressed before on, on the podcast, but it's into a budget and figuring that out. The bad word budget. <laughs> yeah, right. So what are your tips and tricks with regards yeah. to the budget and, you know, well, planning your finances day to day and long term yeah. as well? Well, I think many couples, well, they, they, they should begin to think in terms of day to day finance. How many accounts do we need? Mm-hmm. Does the budget run through one account that we both share jointly or is there a joint account with bills and then her account, his account, or his, you know, with individual accounts or individual needs or mm-hmm. wants or wishes? And I think couples should also have an agreed upon dollar amount that they can spend without permission from the other okay. significant mm-hmm. partner. And I think that often can be a conf- an area of conflict sure. in the budget mm-hmm. is, well, what's this $300? Well, that was for the Cardinal game. You know, I, I thought that you were okay. You were okay. <laughs> And then, you know, that becomes a $500, this or that, a hobby. Yeah. Why would you want to go watch that team anyways? (laughs) So I think the most important part of the budget I would like to address is the foundational pieces of life insurance and disability income insurance. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, who in my plan depends on my income? Mm -hmm. And even in our 20s, that's a very important question to ask. Yeah. And to have that reviewed by an objective financial planner is my suggestion, not just an insurance salesperson. Sure. Someone that can look at it objectively and say, hey, you know, you've got the right kind, but the wrong amount. Mm-hmm. And then refer, refer it back to whoever yeah. the product salesperson. But uh, so there's a lot of rules of thumb, like have enough to pay your mortgage off plus five times income as a minimum start. Sure. Okay. Uh, per- personally, I carry 10 times my income. Even though I only have one child in the home, I, mm-hmm. I have dreams for them. I, yeah. I want them to get those things that I never had when I was their age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 10 times my income is my uh, beginning starting point. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times we're asked, so what kind of insurance? Well, it depends. Sure. And you may have already covered it, but there's a place for permanent. There is a place for term, mm-hmm. temporary. 
Generally, the analogy of owning a home would be for your permanent life insurance versus renting an apartment for mm-hmm. term. Sure. Is there a time where we, we would rent? Sure. Mm-hmm. A temporary need. I move into a new town for six to 12 months. I don't know what home I want to buy, so sure. I need to have time. Mm-hmm. Or if there's a cash flow challenge, I want to have the opportunity to build up enough cash flow to go permanent. But Greg, when we think about life insurance and and uh, wh- whether which kind is the best, the answer is the one that pays. Yeah. And when you look at the term statistics, according to Limra, show only four percent of term ever pays. Sure. People outlive it. Mm-hmm. Now, if they are saving the balance between the term and the permanent, the savings that you get when you buy term, if they can save that and put yeah. it in a good investment portfolio, more, more power to them, but most Americans don't, just don't. Mm-hmm. We spend it otherwise. Other so, um, you know, the question of whether permanent or term, term insurance is a key one, and we'd cover it when we sit down with our clients. Yeah. Disability income insurance is the most underutilized and the biggest gap in everyone under 50, mm-hmm. because the chances of being disabled are much higher in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, sure. and 50s mm-hmm. than dying. So that is probably the, the biggest uh, gap that I see in a plan. And that would be a part of the budget that I would recommend. Yeah. And I think a big thing, too, with when it comes to disability and life insurance as well, when you're looking at it financially or financial planning uh, through your 20s, yeah. those policies are going to be cheaper when you're in your 20s compared to when you're in your 30s they and are. your 40s. They are. Because you have a long, longer expected um, lifespan. Exactly. And then you can purchase term to begin with and convert it usually on a okay. guaranteed conversion privilege without evidence of insurability mm, at okay. any time. Usually in the first 20 years of your 30-year term, you can convert it to permanent. Well, something that's something I even didn't know. So even I learned something new. It helps, it helps guarantee your insurability. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I think we really hit at some really important topics. Thank there, you. you could go on for days about yeah. this. And, yeah. and I'm excited for the next two parts in our series, financial planning in your 30s, as well as financial planning in your 40s. For sure. Uh, and see what we really can talk about. Um, just to briefly go in, um, just to kind of recap what we've talked about so far today. Mm-hmm. You know, we really talked about having that discussion with with your partner or even with the important people in your life right. about having a plan and a budget uh, moving forward, we talked about wills and powers of attorneys and life insurance and disability. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you really want to impress upon our listeners or communicate to them? Yes. Just some final tips. And that would be don't be frustrated by you know, the myriad of things that you heard today. Just take one step, just one step at a time yeah. and get one thing done that you've heard today. You'll feel a lot better. You'll be encouraged and you can then take the next. Yeah, well said. And I think that's that's our big theme here is we want you to take away one item from this podcast, something you can learn from, something you can ask a question about in the future. And hopefully um, it improves your financial literacy and you're able um, to succeed um, even better in life. Absolutely. So we really appreciate you coming on. You've definitely been our most well-named guest so far. I have to compliment (laughs) you on that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I really appreciate your input and thoughts. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening today. Uh, We really enjoyed having Greg on today to talk about financial planning. Um, As always, if you have any questions or comments, please leave them uh, in our comment section below. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Is there something about banking that doesn't make sense to you? Submit your questions to us on Instagram Messenger or by email, banksense at bankwithbos.com. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, comment below. We're happy to give you our two cents on a wide range of topics. 
Thank you for listening on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a five-star rating and review so we can continue to bring you more educational content. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us on the next episode of Bank Sense.